Because there's been a lot of politics played uh, around guns in this country by all parties, including mine. Canadians are actually united on one thing. Nobody wants innocent people be victims of gun crime. Uh, we have said that we are open to discussions, to looking at different ways of keeping our communities and our citizens safer, while at the same time respecting uh, law-abiding gun owners. That is Prime Minister Trudeau today talking about the one issue that I'm not sure he wants to run on, but it looks like he is. Uh, but I'm glad he admits that they are playing politics with this issue. Uh, but yeah, a gun ban. The Prime Minister confirming that he will direct Minister Bill Blair to study a full ban on handguns and assault weapons. And if you want to weigh in on this, I'm going to have Tony Bernardo on in just a second. You can give me a call, 416-870-6400 or star 640 on your cell or, of course, outside of Toronto, one 888 This conversation is happening because, of course, we've had a very violent summer in Toronto, in Ottawa, places like that. And, of course, after the Danforth shooting. And I think it's important to point out, we don't even know yet what the cause of these shootings are. Most of the shootings in Toronto, certainly gang violence, but the motive of Danforth, I don't know. You don't know. They're not telling us anything. I mean, apparently that story's just kind of gone away, but there were sure a lot of politics played out of that. And politicians all over jumped right on it because this is an easy political issue. Ban guns, ban gun, ban gun. It won't do anything to solve the problem, but it sounds like you're doing something. But legal gun owners, they're not the ones going out and shooting people in this country. And yet they're the ones being made the scapegoat. So this is a study for now, but I'm not sure this is the road that the liberals want to go down come election time. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it is. I want to bring Tony Bernardo into the conversation. He is the executive director over at the Canadian Shooting Sports Club. Hello there. Hello. How are you, Alex? I'm good, Tony. So let's talk a little bit about this study, which I think if you mean study, it's find me a way to get... Uh, a way that I can say we're going to ban guns. That's what I'm hearing here. Yeah, uh, and it's it's very disappointing. You know, the the whole issue this summer started to flare up around the Danforth shooting, and quite frankly, as near as we can tell, this was just an absolutely fantastically well played political deflection executed by veteran politician John Tory. Right. Uh, it's been pushed by a lot of politicians over the years, though. It's not the first time we have, have heard it. But is this is this something that the liberals uh, would dare try going into an election on? I'm not. I mean, it may play well in urban centers like downtown Toronto, but I'm not sure it's something they should campaign on because this study, quote unquote, would uh, you know this ban would go right across Canada. Do you know the last time they did something like this? They wandered in the wilderness for 10 years because they infuriated the people of Canada to the point that they went out and they got involved in politics. They started to pound in lawn signs and, and have rallies. And, and pretty soon this became a huge issue. And you wonder why the Liberals would ever want to go down that rabbit hole again. Well, I think because they're looking at the situation in Toronto and assuming that people are so sick of it, that this is a winning issue. But you know my stance on guns, Tony. I'm not a fan of them. I don't own one. I never would. However, I also know that it's not legal gun owners who are the problem. And I've covered enough crime to know that gun bans don't stop what's happening. 
Sure, and you know, you understand our stance on it too, that we don't mind that you don't want one. And that's fine, but as long as you understand the truth about the ownership of them and about the incredible amount of effort people have to go through in order to do this, um, you know, really, statistically, uh, Dr. Gary Moser from Simon Fraser University did a fantastic study, and he found that a Canadian firearms owner was only half as likely to commit a violent act as a non-firearms owner. But get this, one-third as likely to commit a violent act as a policeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. And what, yeah. Are you, what are you hearing from your members? Oh, they're furious. They're furious. They're, they're so sick of being set upon. It seems like every time government needs a whipping boy, we end up being it. And, and you know, where everybody else seems to have social rights within the country, mm-hmm. um, we only have the right to be abused. We only have the right to have terrible things said about us that we're a danger to society and that blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, it goes on. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, some of the hate mail we get in, it's just unbelievable. And over the years, I've had a, a numerous death threats. And, you know, that's pretty scary when you consider that, you know, we're just peaceful, law-abiding people that are, are, are exercising a sport. Yeah. And, and the irony of, uh, well, I mean, if you really want, wanted yeah. to harm someone, you could probably get a pretty good shot in yourself because of your training. <laughs> I want to, every time I have you on, Tony, I get a lot of people that want to uh, weigh in. And so I kind of thought I'd change it up tonight because I want to know uh, from our listeners how they're viewing this. And they might want to pop off a question to you uh, sure. of whether or not they feel that this is something that liberals want to even touch. Uh, Michael has been on the line for a little bit. Hey, Michael, how are you? Okay, pretty good yourself, Alan. I'm, I'm fine, thanks. What do you have to say? Uh, you know what I was going to say? I think this is sort of like a major work project basically showing that the government is trying to do something without really doing anything at all. I mean, I agree with you that it's not legal gun owners. It's these illegal guns that are coming through across the border that they're not looking at and just sort of allowing them to happen. And I think part of it, too, though, is from a legislative point of view, bring back mandatory minimum sentences Mm -hmm. for those who commit gun crimes. One other thing that hasn't been looked at has been the Youth Criminal Justice Act as well, that you've got teens that are pulling guns and killing people. But yet, I don't know who they'll ever be because we can't publish their names. And if you have stiffer sentences, it'll help to act as a deterrent. Yeah, Michael brings up a fabulous point on that, uh, Tony, because, um, you know, some of the worst shootings in our city, um, you know, I'll name it the, the Jane Kreba, uh, one of those accused and convicted in that uh, was a young offender. And of course, it was only through the sentencing part of it that we were able to name who he was. But th- those are actual tangible differences legislation, uh, you know, different and changing legislation could actually make. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've never had any issue with the police going after criminals. We've never had a problem with that. As a matter of fact, we've always applauded that. You know, they, they go very, very occasionally. You'll hear somebody doing something really stupid, like a straw purchase. Well, as far as our community is concerned, lock them in jail for the next 20 years. We're okay with that. Yeah, I would have a problem. But but you know, Tony, there will be groups out there that say, no, 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 this is not right. This is not fair. Uh, I'm going to take another I'm going to take another call. Joe, you're on the line. Uh, Where are you at on this issue? Thanks for taking my call. I, I understood that to be a complete ban on guns. Now, if that's the case, if they want to do a complete ban, 
then I want to know what kind of sentence they're going to come up to with the, for someone that does commit a crime. And I don't want to just hear mental illness. That does not, that's unsatisfactory to me. And by the way, I know we are Canadian in that, and I do uh, support the Second Amendment in the States. I hope we had something like that over here. But we don't. Uh, never, it will never happen. <laughs> I know you're right, but there, <laughs> never there, are law-abiding, there are a lot of law-abiding citizens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we just have to worry about those people. I mean, if you have a mental illness, then they should be the ones that they should be targeting, not those that don't have a mental illness. Well, yeah, you make a good point. But, but Tony, we already have very thorough checks here. That's the we thing. Sure do. The issue is the guns mostly flooding in across the border. I mean, I know we've had some statistical reporting of late about how half the guns, uh, you know, in the crimes in Canada are being committed by, um, you know, domestic guns. But those stats are not accurate. And as we've learned through the no. CBC, uh, they were pretty much made up. That they were completely made up. In fact, the stat that, that John Tory's been using, that 50 percent of the crime guns are sourced in Canada, came from a single document. And he never finishes yeah. the sentence. It's 50% of the firearms successfully traced in Western Canada. And that successfully traced was only 28%. So what we're really dealing with is 14%, not 50%. Yeah. But there's even more to that than, than just that. Because it says they're sourced in Canada. It does not mean they come from lawful Canadian firearms owners because the police lose dozens of yeah. guns every year. The military loses hundreds of guns every year. They also include in those statistics BB guns and pellet guns, and even some airsoft guns, you know, and, and paintball guns. If it's over 214 feet a second, which is actually quite slow, under Canadian law, it's a firearm. And then, <laughs> if that's not all enough, these crime guns, the definition of a crime gun is a gun recovered at a crime scene. So let's say there's an arson in a home. The yeah. fire department, the police show up, they find four hunting rifles in a gun safe. Those are four guns seized at a crime scene. Yeah, it's true. I don't have a lot of time left, and I wanted to um, I wanted to give Frank a chance uh, in Ancaster to talk, because I know you're sick of the issue. Do you think it's something that uh, the Liberals could uh, regret going into the election if they decide to campaign on this? Alex, you need to. Um, you can go ahead and spare me. Uh, those things just uh, stole my thunder. I'll tell you <laughs> one thing. What are we going to do to shake the heads of our administrators and say it's not the guns that people are are, are lawfully handling? Everybody's been saying this. It's illegal guns. Now there is the biggest challenge. Get me some. And and the and the penal code in our in our country is sick. It's sick. You know what I mean? If you are found with a, a gun at a crime. Throw away the key, and in the jail you go, and you don't see, see daylight any longer. This You're talking my language, Mr. Stiff. Frank. Yeah, You're talking my language, Mr. Frank. Well, that's it for me, because I'll tell you, there's a, they're sleeping up there in Ottawa. Yes, they are. They're sleeping. Yes. Come, come on now. I, I appreciate your call. Night. I'm running up against uh, against the clock, so I, I appreciate that, Frank. But it is true. I mean, the frustration, I think, of everyday people are like, stop talking about this, Tony. I mean, it, it could easily be changed just with, with, you know, tightening up the rules and tweaking what we have in place. Well, you know, the rules for an existing firearms owner are much tighter than the average Canadian thinks they are, Alex. Yeah. And, you know, we're subject to a program called continuous eligibility, which means we qualify to keep our firearms licenses every day. Continuous eligibility runs a background check on 2.1 million gun owners every day. Yeah.
Yeah, and well, you can look that up on the net. It's right uh, I, I trust you. I do trust you, and I know I'll be talking to you again. i got to let you go on that, Tony. Thank you, but uh, we'll check in with you and see where this thing goes. Have a great night, Alex. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. That is Tony uh, Bernardo, who knows an awful lot about guns, and uh, if you ever want to find out information, you can look him up at Canadian Shooting Sports. Uh, on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.